hope you brought your Bible this morning. Turn to Matthew chapter number 5, please. By the way, we were talking about the Beatitudes this morning. And I wish you had been in one of our classes this morning. Uh, a lot of information in there, more than just, boy, that's so nice. Um, there's a lot of information behind those, uh, what we call the Beatitudes, uh, or the Blesseds, or Blessed Are They That, and it'll tell us why. And so I wish you had been there. And uh, But if you weren't, well, you could start next week. Matthew chapter 5, look at verse number 29, please. Verse number 29. A lot of misunderstanding about this verse, so you listen very carefully, and I'll explain it to you later on in the message. Verse number 29. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out, and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. Verse number 30. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off, and cast it from thee. For it, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. A lot of confusion about that verse. Now, in order for me to explain this to you, first of all, let me, let me explain something. In, in our day and age that we live in, it's just because you don't know. I'm not upset at anybody. Children don't amen. You know why? Because you have no idea what you're talking about. And so amen means so be it. That's true. Okay? Now, as you get older, you do need to learn how to amen. You do need to learn how to participate. But right now is not that time, especially on this subject. There's so much misunderstood about it. I would appreciate if you just listen to me and uh, pay attention. And I think you'll learn quite a bit this morning. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Dear Lord, you know what I'm getting ready to preach on. You know exactly what I'm going to say. And I hope you'll help me not to say what should not be said. But I would also ask you to please that everyone in this congregation right now would be praying that God help me pay attention, help me to set up, not to distract the preacher or those that are around me so that they could hear also. Holy Ghost of God, we need your help. I know that the flesh, the world, and the devil does not want me to preach this subject this morning, and so I'm asking you to please help us on purpose to do what's right, and I'll thank you for it all in Jesus' name. I want to explain to you something that is quickly being ignored, forgotten, taught against, and disbelieved. I need everybody to pay attention to me. Look right up here and pay attention to me. Okay? If you're going to take notes, as long as you continue to follow me and not lose the train of thought, you go ahead and take notes. Actually, you can buy every church service that's preached here. I think CDs are, Mike, what, five bucks? Three dollars. Wow. I would say I'd buy you one, but if you can't afford it, um, Jordan Norrell buy them for you. Uh, I want to talk to you, and I'm going to try to convince you of this subject, facts about hell. Facts about hell. Now, I wrote something down yesterday. I was sitting in my office and going over this, and I keep thinking about this. Here's what I come up with. Listen to me. It is meant to be a reality to be fearful of and escaped through Jesus Christ. God did not make a hell. First of all, it wasn't made for us. It was made for the devil and his angels. But where else are we supposed to go if we're not going to go to heaven? You do not go to limbo. There is no soul sleep. You're not going to another planet. And you're not coming back as a butterfly. 
Depends how big those butterflies have to be. <laughs> Hell is factual, not fantasy. I want to talk to you about that this morning. Hell is an awful fact. Why do I say that? Jesus said there was a hell. The words in red, your Savior. Do you know Jesus spoke more on hell than he did on just about any other subject except money? The two subjects we don't want to hear about, Jesus spoke the most about. All the preacher wants is money. Then that's all Jesus wants. You better be careful what you say. You see, the thing is here, Jesus said there was a hell. If we would just back away a little bit, calm ourselves down, cast out all other thoughts and teachings from anybody and just read what he has to say about it, you and I both would be convinced that there is a real hell. The reason a lot of people don't, and the reason I'm saying that is, if we actually believed in a hell, it would make greater soul winners out of all of us. We say that and we amen that, but it's not having the right effect. It would make, I believe, preachers, better preachers, called preachers, better preachers, more sincere preachers, more compassionate preachers out of all of us. Listen to me carefully. Listen, 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 listen. It would bring about revival among God's people. Hell is a fact. Sir Winston Churchill said this, in speaking of the cause for moral decline in England, years, we're talking a long, long time ago, back in the early uh, 20th century, he said this, the moral decline, the moral decline, the leader of England said this, the moral landslide of Great Britain is due to the fact that heaven and hell are no longer proclaimed throughout the land. Let me get it straight. Maybe I'm misunderstanding. He is saying if we would talk more of heaven and hell, morals would come up and stop declining. I believe that's what he's trying to say. Some say if there is no heaven and if there's no hell, we might as well just cut loose and do what we want. I mean, really, we might as well just eat, drink, and be merry. Why? We're just going to die. But what happens if there happens to be a hell? What happens if there happens to be a heaven? Hell is a fact. Christians ought to read again and again the words of our Savior concerning that place called hell. It must be an awful place if Jesus spoke about it and warned us about it. So we go to our text here in Matthew chapter number 5. If you'll turn there, please. Here's what he says. First, he says in verse number 29, if, And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. Why? Because for it is profitable for, uh, for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not thy whole body should be cast into hell. Now, then he talks about your hand. What he's simply trying to say here is, hell is so terrible. If it's the works of your hands keeping you from coming to Christ that's eventually going to send you to hell, it'd be better you lost your best hand. It would be better if you went the rest of your life with one hand, go through this whole life with one hand, than that both of your hands making you a success keep you out of heaven and send you to hell. Now, our eyes get us in a lot of trouble, said still, young lady. 
Get that out of your mouth. Pay attention to me. Our eyes get us in a lot of trouble. The Bible actually says, mine eye hath affected my heart. So God is simply saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. A lot of people will not come to Christ like young men. They're doing this all the time. Wow, look at her. I can't go to church. She doesn't like it. So your eyes are affecting you, actually stopping you, if you would, coming to Christ. So Jesus said, can I tell you what would be better? He's not telling you to pluck out your eye. He's not telling you to cut off your hand. He's saying it would be better if that's what's stopping you. If your eyes are stopping you from seeing Christ, coming to Christ, yielding to Christ, he said it would be better to go through life with one eye and enter up into heaven than to have two eyes and end up in hell. That's how bad hell is. It would be better to lose half of what you've got and end up in heaven than to live all your life as a whole person and die and go to hell. That's what those verses are talking about. I personally would believe Jesus Christ over everybody and their opinion concerning hell. Why? I just tend to believe that God is true and every man's a liar. You say, preacher, I believe in what Jesus says about hell. Do you? Do you? Let's center in here a little bit. I'm going to ask you, I'm going I'm to show you some things here. And I want you to figure out if you still believe in hell. Some of us, when we first got saved, I've been saved over 46 years. Hell was preached on regularly in Baptist churches. Other than this church, by the way, by the way, I'm going to throw this in here real quick before I forget it. Some of the wonderful teachers and preachers you listen to on TV and radio, they don't believe in hell. They don't believe in a Bible hell. You don't even know it, and you listen to them. Joel Osteen does not believe in a biblical hell. But he makes you feel good, doesn't he? That's what Adam said, makes him feel good, so I don't know. Now, facts about hell. Jesus says there's a hell. Your Bible, if you have a King James Bible, says there's a hell. The Word of God, beyond a shadow of a doubt, teaches that there is a place called hell, whatever that may mean right now. There is many who do not believe in hell. For example, I don't believe that a person that commits suicide really believes there's a hell. Stop and think about what I just said. Why would a person be in a hurry and rush to go to hell? What they do, they commit suicide for a lot of different... First of all, it's selfishness. They're thinking too much of themselves, which makes them sad. Nothing's turning out right for them, so I might as well just stop the whole thing. You're not stopping anything. You just step from a temporary world into an eternal world, if you're not saved, straight into hell. Now, if you have decided, I don't believe that, that doesn't make hell stop. You say, I don't believe in gravity. Jump off the building. Just because you don't believe in gravity doesn't make it go away. I have proof that there is gravity. You have to understand something here. How could a person commit suicide and murder his own soul and go out into eternity unprepared and end up in hell? So I don't believe people that commit suicide believe there's a real hell. Also, people who persist in sin. If you're here this morning and you're going on your, it's not a merry way, we say that. We call it partying and you're not having a party. You're fighting against everything to go on and live in a pig pen. But let's assume that people that are going on in sin, you're just sinning more. because You call it freedom. I'll do what I want. You mean you're going to sin all you want. 
please understand here something. People who persist in sin and continue in wickedness and harden their heart towards God must not believe in hell. If they did, they would stop that which is rushing them right into hell. You know, the Bible says the wicked shall be caught. Your days are being shortened by the way you're living. I'm not talking about heaven or hell. I'm not talking about going to, to heaven. I'm not talking about salvation right now. I'm talking about heaven and hell. Please understand, I fear that many Christians no longer believe in hell. I'm talking about people in this room. I believe we're slowly, more and more of us, no longer believing in hell. I mean really believing that there is a place of eternal torments. How can a Christian say he really believes in a hell where people are tormented multiple, multiple ways and you never cry over your lost relatives? You hope one day they finally get what's coming to them. I fear whether we say it or not, we are not believing in hell anymore as born-again Christians. And yet, I'll tell you right now, I'm glad I'm not going. Now, how selfish is that that I'm glad I'm not going, but I really don't care about you. Why would you do that, my friend, if we're stopping to believe that there really is a hell? When we do not try to win anybody, have you tried to win anybody this week? Do you, you say, preach, I don't know how. Do you carry a track and hand that out to somebody? You have a best friend and can't talk. You can talk to them about cheating on their wife. You can talk to them about ripping off a company. You can tell them you have big plans for starting, but you can't talk to them about Jesus Christ. You mean even when there's a hell that if they died while you're talking to them, they go to, somehow you can't find it inside of you to talk to them about hell and heaven? I'm afraid many Christians really don't believe in hell. Here's what really bothers me. Do you know statistically more and more preachers don't believe in hell? This ain't one of them. It's sad to me. You say, well, preacher, those are differences of opinion. Okay, well, let's see what God says. Let's just see what the Bible has said. Someone says there's so much confusion about that word. You see, there's, let's see, there's, there's, there's hell, and then there's the lake of fire. Oh, preacher, I'm just so confused. By the way, if you're, if you're, if you're dismissing hell because you're a little confused, that ain't going to do it either. Let me help you understand some things. Go to Revelation chapter 20. Let me point out those two words. And I'm aware of the Greek and the Hebrew. I got it, okay? You don't need to know Greek and Hebrew to know there's a hell. Let me point something out to you. He, uh, Revelation chapter 20. Last book in the Bible, chapter 20. There are different terms in the Bible. For example, the Bible talks about hell and it talks about the lake of fire. You say, aren't those the same? No. What's the Bible say about it? I'm glad you asked that. Look in Revelation chapter 20, verse number 14. Revelation 20, verse number 14. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. If we could, for demonstration purposes or trying to understand this, look at it as the same difference between jail and the penitentiary. Now, I'm not asking you to raise your hand. Please don't. But I'm telling you right now, there is a world of difference between jail and a penitentiary. On judgment day for the sinners, death and hell shall cast up the dead that are in them. So here it is. Death or the grave is giving up of the body. It's dead. It's in the grave. If you go right now, their bones and whatever's left of them is in that grave. 
That doesn't mean that's where they finally rest. We say, give them their final resting place. I don't know where we come up with that, but that's not true. For, for people that are Christian or sinner, that's not true. Hell will give up the soul that's in it. So what do I mean by that? The unsaved sinner shall face God. You're not getting out of this. Those of you that are unsaved, you're going to face God Almighty. Your body, which is in a holding place in the ground, and your soul, which will be in hell immediately upon your... Before they ever get you to Sheddinger, your soul, the eternal part of you, is going to be in hell burning. You'll still face God. What do I mean by that? You see, you're not just a spirit or a lifeless body. When you stand before God at the great white throne judgment, you're going to be a whole person. You're going to have a body, a soul, and a spirit. You're going to stand right before God, and you will give an account of your life. Like it or not, embarrassed or not, you're going to have to do that. At this great white throne judgment, every lost person, it's only people that are there for judgment, they shall receive eternal punishment and penalty. I don't fully understand this. I just know it's true and I can prove it in the Bible. Not everybody that goes to hell gets the same punishment. They all go to hell. The lake of fire is where they'll end up. Hell is where you'll go immediately when you die. The eternal lake of fire is where punishment is finally handed out based upon how bad you've been, how much good you've overlooked. All of these things will be brought up and you'll have to face it. You'll be sent not to jail at that time. You'll be sent to, if you would, God's penitentiary. You'll go to God's penitentiary, which is the eternal lake of fire, and you're never going to get out because you have a huge penalty to, to pay. Example, a person violates the law and takes, is taken into custody and is placed in, you don't go immediately to a penitentiary. You go to a jailhouse. You go there only waiting until his judgment is passed. You go there waiting for sentencing. It's not to find out whether you're guilty or not. You broke the law. You were caught. And they put you in jail. What they're waiting for is for you to come before the judge, find out what your judgment is, and then you're going to the penitentiary, and you will fully pay for every sin, which you can't do. That's why hell lasts forever. You see, he's going to, what happens is, it's not just to find out if he's guilty. He's in jail because he is guilty. Now he's going to go to the penitentiary to pay for his guilt and the things that he's done. He's going to prison. He's being held for prison. But what punishment in prison cannot be determined until judgment. Are you listening to me? Listen to me. Wake up, wake up. Fall asleep watching golf. Listen to me. We find out in John chapter 3, 18, though unbelieving sinners are condemned already, you've got to see that. Folks, look, look, look up here, look up here, look up here. Somebody has lied to us. They have got us to believe that going to heaven or hell, that's up to God. No, it's not. It's up to you. They have got us to believing that one day at the judgment, God will look at us and say, you know, you've been a pretty good guy. I'm kind of surprised. Come on into heaven. Or... Oh, man, had you just done that one other thing. That's never going to happen. There's no Bible for that. Anywhere, nowhere, no place, no how. The two judgments that I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the judgment of the nations. I'm talking about the, uh, the great white throne judgment and judgment seat of Christ are at least 1,000 years apart. Sinners go to the great white throne judgment to be judged of God Almighty, not a forgiving Savior. 
Christians who have received the forgiven Savior will now stand before their king to receive reward or loss thereof for the things they've done in their life. So, what am I talking about? In, we find out here in, what did I say, Revelation? Uh, did I already read that? Okay, here, here's John 3.18. Go to John 3.18. That's where we're headed. John 3.18. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John chapter 3, verse number 18. We tend to believe that someday God will condemn me if I deserve it. You deserve it already. You say, what? How do you, you don't know how bad I've been. It has nothing to do with how bad you've been or how good you've been. It's how lost you are or how unsaved you are. Please understand, heaven and hell has nothing to do with you being good or bad. It has to do with what you did with Jesus Christ. That's why he's called the door. That's why he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's why he said, no man entereth in but by me. Now, if your good work can get you there, why in the world did Jesus have to die for you? He died for you because you can't get yourself to heaven no matter what you do. If I can't get myself to heaven no matter what I do, then I am doomed to go to hell which is the only other place we can go. In John 3.18, if you don't believe me, believe what the Bible says. John 3.18, He that believeth on him, this is Jesus Christ, is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned when, folks? Already? You mean like now? Already doesn't mean future. Already means now. And then he tells us why. Because... He hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Listen to me carefully. If you have never from your heart repented of your sin and accepted Jesus Christ into your personal life, you are condemned already to go to hell. You just haven't gone there yet. You said, my life isn't done. Uh, bang, you're dead. But that wasn't my fault. Make a bit of difference. God said the reason that a person is condemned already, God gave his son. You know that's the truth. You've heard that story. You refuse to accept it. And God said you are without excuse. You're actually, I know you don't verbally say this, you're calling God a liar. Preacher, that's not true at all. I have never said that. I know, but by not believing and receiving his son, you're saying, I don't care what the Bible says. I don't think that story is true. If the story is true, why have you not received Christ as Savior? So now you're saying, I don't believe it. I, this is not in my notes, but I want you to go to 1 John chapter 5, way up by Revelation, 1 John. Sometimes I think you look at me like, oh, I just don't believe that. Okay, then you're going to believe the Bible or God's not the liar. 1 John chapter 5. Now, for those of you that are saved and those of you that are unsaved, which would really be everybody in the room. Look at this. Starting at verse number 10, John chapter 5, verse 10. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not hath made him, God, a liar. Then he tells us why. Because he believed not the record that God gave. Here's the record, folks. There, there, there is no other record that God gave His Son other than, his, than the Bible. So when you read the Bible and it said Jesus died for sinners, that would be you. If He died for sinners, evidently I need to be saved. If I'm not saved, I know it's true, but I'm not going to. I don't believe the story. Oh, I believe the story. I just haven't received Christ. Then you're condemned already. Okay, go on and read. Watch what he says. Verse number 11. This is the record. That God hath given to us eternal life, and his life is in his Son. Therefore, if I do not have Christ, if I'm not in him, I don't have eternal life. 
So, he that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. I know I'm going to heaven. You say, why, yeah, that's pretty cocky. Oh, no, no, I believe just like he said. I'm going there because I believed on him. Not because Pastor Bell's a good guy, though I am. I'm not going there because of that. Please understand something. The results of all their evil, ungodly deeds have not come before the judge yet. That's why you're not in hell right now. Your life's not done. You're still piling stuff up, aren't you? Every day that goes by, you're saying, nah, I don't care. I'm not doing that. Girls, look at me. I want you, Mom, help them be quiet now. They need to listen to me, okay? Listen very carefully. They will add up until the great white throne judgment. You can read that in Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 through 15. The Bible said there works, works, works. You're going to stand before, watch this. If this doesn't send shivers up your back, you're dead spiritually. You're going to stand before God Almighty where the heavens and earth themselves said, I wish we could get out of here. God Almighty is going to mount the judgment throne and you're going to stand there. And the Bible said a book will be opened, which is the book of life. I believe what he's going to do is say, I didn't find your name in here, but I know you. I don't find your name in here. Then I think he will close that book, move it to the side, and the Bible said then the books, plural, will be opened. Everybody in the world, your entire life's works are in those books. You will be judged, before you get thinking too highly of yourself, every idle word will be brought out. Every secret thing will be brought out. Every forgotten, every hidden thing, everything, purposeful or un... But what's sending you to hell, the reason you're there to begin with, is because you haven't received Christ as Savior. He said, preacher, you've done some bad things too. Oh, you have no idea how bad I've been. But I will tell you this. I have received Christ as Savior. Therefore, number one, I'm not at that judgment seat of great, the great white throne judgment seat of God. I will a thousand years earlier be at the judgment seat of Christ. Because my sins have been covered by the blood of Christ. God will, this is why Christians have such a tough time sometimes. God is judging us down here. Sinner, live it up. Eh, nothing happened to me. No, I know. But you're not facing God yet either. You see, when you're in jail, it's kind of like a holding place till judgment. Then when judgment's passed, you're going to go to the penitentiary. You ain't getting out. So what do we find here? A clinical associate professor of medicine at Tennessee University said this. That while a man was doing a stress test and he was on a, on a uh, treadmill, that he had a heart attack, passed out, and hit the floor. Immediately, they revived him, and guess what he said? As I mean, that quick, they revived him. Guess what happened? He said, I'm in hell, I'm in hell, help me, help me. The reason no one hears or inquires about hell, because the news media don't cover stuff like that. They want to forget about the devil. They want to forget about hell. They want to forget about heaven. I've got a whole book in my library called Testimonies of the Dead and Living. Back in the day before they drugged you up every time you had a hangnail, when people died, they went through whatever pain, and their thoughts and their words just begin to flow upon death. 
There are some of the greatest testimonies in the world that we miss out on about Christ and heaven and looking forward because of drugs and, and people we don't know surrounding us coming in, taking our pulse, taking our, our blood pressure, shoving something in our mouth. So we never get to hear these testimonies. And then on the other hand, we have people who would probably tell us, I have their testimonies in my office, about going to hell, seeing hell, feeling hell before they even get there. But nobody wants to advertise that anymore. That does not mean it has stopped. The reason no one reports the evidence of hell, there is no interview of people going there. But it doesn't dismiss the word of God. Number one, hell's a fact. Number two, turn to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. I've got to hurry. Matthew chapter 25. Again, hell is not something to just scare you. Hell is something God wants us to avoid and made a way so that we can. Matthew chapter number 25. Hell is eternal. It's a fact, and it is eternal. Look in Matthew 25. Look at verse number 41. There are other verses. This is just one of them. Then shall he say also unto them on his left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. You see, heaven and hell, or hell was first made for the devil and all those who followed him and tried to rebel against God. So it wasn't made for you. That's how bad it is. It wasn't made for you. It was made for the devil, an archangel at one time, a powerful being so that he could pay and receive punishment for what he did. And God said, okay, you want to believe like him, act like him, rebel like him, try to overthrow what I'm teaching like him? Okay, then go where he's at. Oh, I'm sorry, go where he's going. He's not there now. The fact is, Jesus himself taught hell is eternal. He called it everlasting fire. In verse number 46 here, look at verse number 46. He said, these shall go away into everlasting punishment. Jesus taught hell was a place where sinners suffer eternal punishment. They make it, well, eternal separation from God. Well, it is that, but that's not all that there is. You see, some try to teach annihilation because science has proven that no matter what body it is, in three days at that temperature, even your bones would finally be burnt to where there'd be nothing left. Well, if you're looking at it through the false science, that would be true. But we're not talking about something that human beings have made. We're talking about God. So to reason away God with science facts is not a smart thing to do at all. Hell, they say, cannot be eternal because the body cannot take it. The Bible says the smoke of their torment shall ascend forever and forever, is what the Bible says. The word eternal carries the same meaning to the sinner that's going to hell as it does for eternal life for the Christian. Okay, those of you going to heaven, eternal life really isn't forever for you? It really doesn't mean forever? So where are we going to go if it's not forever? You mean tell me God promised forever and it's not forever. Then maybe those going to hell, it's really not forever. No, I'm going to heaven and God said forever. Amen. Thus, those going to hell, if it uses that same word, guess how long they're going to be there? Forever. Please understand, these are the teachings right out of the Bible. The same thing applies to the eternal God, or is he just a temporary God? 
Eternal means eternal. Isn't this deep? Everlasting means, you won't believe this, everlasting. Pretty cool, huh? As the same word the Bible talks about the word of God, it shall never pass away. Never means never. As to heaven lasting forever, hell is eternal. Some believe it is not right for a sinner to suffer an entire eternity for a short span of life. Preacher, that's just not fair. We are very familiar now because it's come right to our front doors of the shootings of people. People are just going completely stupid. And let me reiterate something. There's not a gun in the world that's ever killed anybody. Can I ask you something? When that guy got out with that um, machete, why don't they put a ban on machetes? Why don't they put, you, you ladies that use pressure cookers? Oh, no, those are deadly weapons. No, I'm not making fun. Think of your logic. Do you know why? Pressure cookers just aren't politically right now. In New England, in one of the New England cities, I don't remember which one, there was a lot of times this triangle of, of, of sex and lying and murder. And a young married man, they found out, was um, tormented, tortured, and then they ended up shooting him in the head. The boy that did it was sentenced to prison for life. Prison for life. I believe he was 17 years old. A boy, a child. Yeah, you should have seen some of the 17-year-old children I used to run with. Listen, in a split second, look at me. In a split second, he took a life. Why do we give him prison sentence for the rest of his life for something that he did? One split second. There's not a person in here who would say, he doesn't deserve that. Yes, he does deserve it. He deserves it, and he ought to be there. If not, really, what he needs to do is be put in an electric chair and fried to a crisp. He said, that's not very Christian. Oh, no, there you go again, not quoting Bible. That is Bible. Somebody's misled you. A man can commit, a man can commit enough sin in a lifetime or in a day or a split second to outrage an, inf an infinite God. Now, listen to what I'm trying to tell you. As it is, it is within the bounds of God's justice to let a sinner suffer in hell forever. That is very just. The fact of the matter is the sin that damns the soul of a man is not what he did. It's what he is, an unsaved sinner. Again, I want to repeat John 3.18 to you. You go to hell because you have not received Christ as Savior. By not receiving Him, you're saying, I don't believe it. You say, no, I believe it. I just haven't received it. No, I'll go by what the Bible says. The Bible said, you're saying, I don't believe it. That's why I have not received Him. If that story is true, why in God's name would you not receive Christ as Savior or play, if you would, Russian roulette with hell? Any given moment, you could die. You could be sitting in this church, massive heart attack. Die just like that. Right. Yes. Sitting in church, 
by the time you realize what's going on, you'd be in hell waiting for the great white throne judgment. Amen. Thus, after judgment has been passed, you'll be cast into the lake of fire, right. eternal penitentiary, if you would. Right. Not like America's penitentiaries either. Men look at sin lightly, but sin violates God's law. Sin is an outrage to God. To us anymore, it's like, okay, I did something bad. God cannot even look upon sin. I didn't say participate. He can't even look upon it. Please understand, he loved his only begotten son, and when he took upon the sins of other people, God had to create a great dark cloud between he and his son. He couldn't look on him. That's how much God hated sin. And all sinners who reject God's son, his only begotten son, will suffer forever. Hell's a fact. Hell is eternal. Go to Luke chapter 16. Matthew, Mark, Luke chapter number 16. I, um, this one's doesn't take me long to identify with. Think about it. Hell is a place of awful remembrance. In Luke chapter number 16, Jesus taught the fact that there is a hell and that in hell there is remembrance of what happened on this earth. What do I mean by that? Look down at verse number 23 of chapter number 16, verse 23. And in hell lifted up, this is a rich man, lifted up his eyes, he could see, and in torments, not, not singular, plural, he seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And the Bible tells it, verse 23, and being in torments, now watch what he says here. When the rich man beg, he begs for water in, in those verses there, and, and for someone to be sent to his five brothers. So he realizes, uh-oh, I can't believe it. Hey, hey, Abraham, Abraham, he could see him afar off. I've often wondered if those in hell, what a terrible thing it would be to see us rejoicing in heaven. Could you imagine that? What torment that would be. Oh, I don't believe God. I appreciate you speaking for God about things you don't know. Now, so what's he saying here? Watch in verse 25. Son, what's the next word? Remember. And then he tells him what he needs to remember. That thou in thy lifetime. He said, you remember back when you were alive? He said, I'm pointing out a couple of things too. Abraham referred him back to his lifetime and said, Son, do you remember? Remember what? Listen to me carefully. Let me see if I can't bring this home a little bit. What did he want him to remember? Well, with him, <coughs> he said, You remember your good times? And Lazarus suffered? Now Lazarus is comforted and you're suffering. He said, You remember that? I'm not sure what all that means, but he said, Do you remember that? Do you remember every sermon that you turned down and purposely ignored because you didn't want to hear it? You said, no, I don't remember all that. You will. Do you remember all the opportunities that you had to get saved? I think you will. Do you remember when the preacher preached on hell and begged you to listen and you purposely, I don't want to hear this, 
I believe you're going to remember. This is why I almost demand, hey, listen to me. I'm not mad at you. I am trying to tell you, please, don't let your flesh and your mind distract you from the eternal, truthful word of God. Heaven and hell depend upon you paying attention and responding in a right way. If the only hell a sinner ever truly had was to remember all of the good things he had here and now he doesn't throughout all of eternity, it would make you mad. Agrippa. You remember him in the Bible? How would you like to be Agrippa and in hell... The great apostle Paul witnessed to him multiple times to the point that Agrippa said once, Paul, you've almost persuaded me to be a Christian. Can you imagine being in hell constantly saying, I was almost a Christian. Almost had a Christian. Oh, why didn't I listen? Why wasn't I all throughout eternity knowing you were that close? You sat in a Baptist church and listened to a guy you just dismissed as being an old man that doesn't know what he's talking about. You listen to me. Agrippa did the same thing. Boy, I'll tell you, preacher, that was a good sermon. I almost gave in like that's a good thing that you didn't. It's not a good thing. What about the thief on the cross? No, not the one who ended up in paradise. What about the other one? You got this one over here that believed in Christ and went to paradise that very same day. What about the other guy that didn't? Can you imagine the remembrance that he has? He was close enough to see the tears, the quivering lips, the blood splattering on the ground. He was that close to hear the (sighs) trying to breathe. He heard the other thief said, don't say that about him. This man doesn't deserve this. We do. You know what he's saying? He's righteous. We're sinners. Can you imagine after going through that? He's He's not what he says he is. He wouldn't be here. That man went to hell and saw that blood splatter. He could hear it. Hearing the Son of God that his other friend on the other side said, he's innocent. We deserve what we're getting, but he doesn't. And being in hell that close to the very cross of Calvary. How'd you like to remember that throughout all of eternity? I think of the multiple millions of sinners who have hardened their hearts. To sit in church service, and here's what you're doing. Look up here. Here's what you're doing. I'm going to warn you. Whether you like this or not, I'm going to warn you something. If you think you're going to act that way standing for God, you've got another thing coming. Oh, God, I just don't want to listen to this part. Can I tell you something? The devil himself will kneel on that day. He will also confess that Jesus is Lord. And we tend to believe how arrogant and prideful and haughty that we are. Well, I'll just tell him what I thought. You arrogant little brat. That God Almighty gave the best thing that he had for you to be forgiven. 
who was guilty and you're just choosing not to accept that, you deserve hell. You deserve hell. He said, well, why don't God stop it? He's trying. What do you think he's doing this morning trying to stop you? Think of the millions. Think of their memories. Think of sneaking in at night. Wake up. And knowing that a family member has been worried and praying for you. Think about coming to Anchor Baptist Church. I can't speak for other churches. I have no idea what they do anymore. And you heard. Listen to me, girls. Hey. Help me, Grandma. Turn around. Pay attention. Listen. You sat here and you listened and you purposely put your mind on something else so you don't have to listen. God, I didn't know. God will say, let me look in these books here. Nope. Yeah. Right date. 29th, July. AM service. Priest on hell. And I watched you. You kept telling yourself, I don't like this. I don't believe this. I'm not going to. I can't wait to get God has it all. God has it all. There'll be no mistakes, no misunderstanding. I might misunderstand. I may read, misread your faith. God won't. God won't. God knows. You know that day when you go like this? God knows my heart. Listen to me. You're exactly right. You can put on all you want to, but I'm telling you right now, God definitely knows your heart. Can I say this too? What about a mother's prayers? By the way, mom, God's writing that down too. A Sunday school teacher's love. A track that you read. You know another one of those anchor back, those ABC tracks. When are these people going to stop this? God just wrote that down. I went to that church once and I, God wrote that down. I'll do what I want. He can't tell me. God wrote that down. These will be the things when you finally get out of jail and go to the judgment before sentencing to go to the penitentiary, if you would, God will tell you what the eternal punishment, eternal punishment is going to be. Imagine a fellow worker somewhere. Hey, Jim, you ever think about going, hey, don't you shove that stuff down. God wrote that down. A man took an opportunity or a chance to tell you about Christ and you shut him off just like that. I didn't realize what I was doing. Tell God about that. A preacher's sermon. A preacher's sermon. Well, they do it loud, scream and yell, whatever, right? It's all being written down. Revelation 21, go there please. Revelation 21, not 20, 21. I believe when the Holy Ghost of God wants to talk to somebody, he will use the truth that has been imparted into you. And that's why I'm going to keep preaching this. Because my hope is one of these days when your life finally falls apart, you'll think, I don't want to go to hell. Good, God doesn't want you to either. Revelation, let me say number four, hell is a place of awful associations. I don't mean that like friends and companions, and that's not what I mean. Look in Revelation chapter 21, look at verse number 8. But the fearful and the unbelieving 
and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and the, by the way, those, that includes drug addicts, idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake, that's the, that's the big prison, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. I said hell is a place of awful associations. Here we read about eight classes of terrible people, some of the scum of the earth you just read about. And by the way, did you also read a couple of those others in there? Do you know what one of them was? It simply said, unbeliever. What? How bad can that be? I just haven't made up my mind. It didn't make any difference if you made up your mind or not. Right now, you're already going to hell. The only out you have is receiving Christ. That is the only hope you've got. Look at these people that we just read about, and I am talking about the scum murderers, whoremongers, liars, thieves. These are the people, but what sends everybody to hell is the unbelieving part. Now, let's assume you're not a murderer, you don't steal stuff, that you don't lie to people, which is a lie, but you don't lie to people, and you end up in hell. Here's what you'd think. Well, that's not fair. I, I just haven't believed. How bad can that be? Let me tell you how bad that is. Jesus Christ died for you. He went through that beating, that spittle, that lying, four days of no rest, no food, no water, nailed to a cross and took upon him your sin, and you're saying, nah, and you don't think that's that bad, huh? It is so bad that God basically teaches or really does teach that the only reason you go to hell is by not accepting that. That's how bad that it is. Listen. You hate when people cuss nowadays, if you, know, if you have any decency at all. Using the Lord's name in vain, it just disgusts us. We despise and can't stand. By the way, you cannot trust a drug addict, mom and dad. I'm sorry to tell you this. You can't trust them. I don't care what relative they are. They can't be trusted. They cannot be trusted. We despise drug addicts and those who deal it. You cannot stomach the pornographer and the pedophile. And yet, if your son or daughter, mom or dad or friend or neighbor do not get saved, these will be your neighbors throughout all of eternity. Amen. You know, those of us who get saved, and God bless our life, we move away from those kinds of people. Well, we move to other people who just do the same thing under different skies. But anyway, hell will be filled with these types of people. And by the way, not a one of them wants you there. That's what the rich man said. Send somebody back to warn my five brothers. He didn't even want his brothers there. You have relatives? Do you know if you go to hell, they don't want to be with you, and you don't want them there. When the reality sets in that this is real, I'm being tormented. Hey, hey, oh no, my mom, she's not saved. No, please, somebody, go back and wait. Too late, too late. Christian, 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 that is our job now. If you're saved or you say you love somebody, that is your job now. You know what Abraham told him? They have Moses in the law. Let them hear them. You know what he's saying? Let them listen to the word of God. Word of God will tell them what they need to do. God ain't coming back and giving you a personal visit. There's no angel coming down and convincing you. God said, let them hear the word. They won't believe this. They won't believe the one rose from the dead. And by the way, one did raise from the dead. 
Jesus Christ rose from the dead and you still don't believe it. You say, I'm just an unbeliever. May God open your blinded eyes. Just a believer. It, it almost sounds innocent, doesn't it? And then finally, the fact is, it's real easy to go to hell. It's real easy to go to hell. All you have to do is, you ready this? No, I'm going to tell you what you need to do to go to hell. You ready? Hey, wake up and pay attention to me. Do you know what you need to do to go to hell? Nothing. Just don't do nothing. Go along with the crowd. Do what comes natural. Take the path of least resistance and just float downstream. Do nothing until tomorrow. It's real easy to go to hell. Jesus clearly taught there were two roads in life. One, he said, was a narrow way that leads to everlasting life and only a few be there. By the way, that doesn't mean he selects a few. Because what he meant by the broad road, there's so many distractions, so many twists, so many turns, so big of an area, most people are on that. Jesus made the narrow road, one gate, very narrow, very straight. I mean, how can you miss that? He's not saying it's so narrow and so straight that if you don't live perfect, you can't go. That's not the Bible. God is saying, I made this so simple. Look, there's only one road, one gate. Come on, how can you miss it? The reason that few be there on is because wide is the way to destruction, and many are on that. Where are you this morning? We have to understand what God is trying to do here. The broad road, that's the easy road. The road of popularity. You young people in here, popularity is going to send you to hell. Story. I'll close with this. Listen to every word. Story of an old preacher who one day on vacation, you know, when you go to Niagara Falls, that's not all there is. There's a river that goes down to it. And I believe it's called the Niagara River, if I'm not mistaken. He was kind of in the wintertime. I've seen some people very beautiful in the wintertime, but I don't like the winter, so whatever. But he was there. So he's standing away at the falls down there. He's standing way up here. And he's just looking around, having a very, very good day. And he noticed something. He happened to see floating on the Niagara River a dead carcass. On that dead, frozen carcass, an eagle had landed. And the eagle, he's watching this and he's thinking, uh, speaking to himself, uh, you better get off of there. <laughs> you stay there long enough, that mist and stuff's going to freeze your feet to that carcass. And you're floating downstream. And so he's thinking all of this to himself. And he thought, if that eagle, so he yells, trying to shoo the eagle off that dead carcass. But the eagle couldn't hear him. Listen to me, listen to me. For all the noise and the roaring going on all around it. Are you, are you listening to me? preacher tried to help, but you see, the eagle had stayed too long. His feet were frozen to the carcass. The dead were floating downstream. You say the eagle didn't mean to. Make a bit of difference. 
The preacher tried to yell and make it go away, but he couldn't hear. In a few moments, listen to me, the preacher watched an eagle go over. Girls, put that way. I don't know what you're doing. Pay attention to me. The preacher stood there and watched an eagle fastened to a dead carcass just floating downstream. Too busy to pay attention. Too noisy to hear the old preacher. Till it was too late, he tried to fly away, but he couldn't. It had gotten too deep of a hold on him, and he couldn't escape. You see, so to speak, he went off into eternity, so to speak. As we come closer and closer, we all know it. You'll hear people, even unbelievers, say, I don't know how much longer this world can keep going like this. We all make those kind of statements, don't we? I've heard teenagers in their arrogance, I wish this world would end. Oh, it's going to end. I'm going to tell you what you need to do to go to hell. This morning, don't do anything. Fake it. Just keep floating. Just get with whatever crowd you want to be with. And Oh, no, you're not cussing the Lord. And you're not saying, I hate the Bible. You're just attached to deadness and floating downstream. And the preacher all morning long has been yelling at you. And listen to me. Some of you, even in your own mind, sitting in this church, there is such a noise inside of your head that you even now, while I'm pleading for your life, cannot seem to hear God calling you. And the Bible said the devil hath blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine through. Eagle, hey, shoo, get off, hey. Too much noise. He got too close to the end. Too much had built up. You said, can Christ still do that? Not for him. You going to play that kind of game? After I've done all I want to do, you know, and get old, maybe I'll settle down like these older people. You know, the, a lot of the older people are doing that same thing to older people. And some people my age are still doing it, saying, I'm not dead yet. As we come closer and closer to the end of this age, at any moment, you don't have time to come to the altar. You don't have time to repent. You don't have time to get right. You don't have time to ask God to forgive. It's over. In the moment of a twinkling of an eye, you cannot even begin to form a word that quick. You're still going to play this game, aren't you? You're going to get up from here and say, I'll be back next week. Who promised you that? Who told you? He said, I'm only 12. Have you never walked through a grave and saw five-year-old? Six-year-old. It's not only the 80 and 90-year-olds that are in the graveyard. You've been lied to. You're, you're believing a lot, and you know it. You know it. You listen to me. One of these days, if, you're not, if you don't get saved, you might be able to hear my voice in hell. You know what he's going to be saying? Hey, get right. Quit floating. Turn to Christ. 
all of eternity. I'd hate to hear me throughout all of eternity. But it's not my voice, it's the truth that's going to get to you. This old preacher cries out, get off your path. Get on his. I've been yelling this for 29 years. I'm asking, I'm begging you, listen to me. Get off of that dead carcass. You think you're really living, don't you? What you're not paying attention to, the end is coming rather quickly. And you're just having the biggest rebellion time of your life to the point that, it, hey, um, uh, hey, shoo, hey, get off there. Hey, hey, eagle, you can't hear me. And the longer you come here and don't respond, the more deaf you become. You know what you're going to do one of these days? You're just not going to show up anymore. You know why? You don't even want to hear it. You know, you know what you're doing. If you knew what you're doing, you'd run to this altar and beg God to forgive you. That's why I know you don't know what you're doing. I believe there's a hell. And I have the remedy, or Jesus has the remedy. I can tell you about the remedy. I'm not the remedy. This church is not the remedy. Jesus is the remedy. What's that song? There is a remedy. Isn't that a song? song? Right? There's a song. The remedy is Jesus Christ. Now, if you're in here this morning and you're playing this I'm trying to live right game, all of your righteousnesses are as filthy rags. You know why? God does not compare you to the girl next to you or you to somebody else. God compares you to Jesus Christ and his word and you don't match up not even close. Our only hope is Jesus Christ. So, thief on the cross, hey, shh, 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 didn't go. You can hear it, right? Jesus trying to catch a breath. You see his face all swollen up? I'm talking about the thief on the cross, not you. And, and at that, you're going to look at him and go, hey, save us in yourself. If you're who you claim to be. Saw the blood dripping on the ground. Heard it splattering. The Bible said no man suffered like he did. His visage was marred more than any man. This guy was that close. Like you are this close. This close. Hell was not to just terrify you. Hell was to say, don't go there. Jesus is waiting on you. He wouldn't use it as a club. He would use it as a warning. You know, sometimes, back when I was younger, when you go across a railroad, they used to have arms that would come down. I think they still do on some. There are lights on there. There are um, bells on there. And they would ding, 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 ding. They even overlap. You know what all that says? Don't go any farther. Danger. Don't go any farther. Okay, listen to me. Ready? Ding, 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 ding. Hello? 
Oh, that's cute. I'm not trying to be cute. I'm trying to make a point. Do you know some people will drive around that because of their impatience? Or they will simply determine, I'll never go that way again. I'll go another way. Yeah, you can find another church that doesn't believe in hell. Ain't going to make it go away. I beg you, please. Come to Christ this morning. But I will tell you this. If you don't, you're saying, you're saying, you're not verbally saying it, but by your actions, you're saying, that's a lie. You just think about that. You didn't say it. But by not receiving Christ as Savior, when you have opportunity to, you are saying, I don't believe the record. How would you like to face God and explain that to him? I'm begging you. You have another opportunity. You ready? You have another opportunity. Go ahead, thief on the cross. Explain that. You were that close to Christ. You even heard somebody at the last moment testifying of that. You were that close. And you went to hell. 12 o'clock. How about that? Do you know, the very night I got saved, all kinds of distractions came in front of me. I didn't even ask for them. I know the devil well enough now to know why some women keep their children in church. And why you purposely get comfortable and put your head down because you don't want to listen. And why you bring children, they don't want to listen anyway. But you're going to keep them in here anyway. You're being set up by the devil and your own flesh. The very night I got saved, the stupid excuses the devil and my flesh tried to give me. The interruptions it tried to cause. Girls, knock it off. I remember, just like it were yesterday. Don't give up now. What will people think that you run around with? Are they going to think you're a church boy? What about that girl? Oh, that party. Oh, no, you don't want to miss out on that. You can't change some of this. What are you going to do? Who, who do you think's feeding you all that, God? Right. Uh, does that girl really love you? Does that guy really love you? Tell him you're going to start... Tell them you're going to start living for Jesus and see how much they love you. See, you're not even honest about things. You think by giving yourself away, they're really going to love you. No, they'll use you until there's nothing else they want, and then they'll go find somebody else. When God said, I'll never leave you. I'll, I'll never forsake you. So God did this one day and said, all of eternity... Here's your way out. Come to Jesus. All is called death. Just bow our heads when we pray. If you're here this morning, listen to me carefully. 
you play this church game, I don't care how close you get to me. I don't care how many Bible verses you quote. I don't care if you're a member of the Anchor Baptist. You don't go to heaven because your name is on Anchor Baptist Church membership roll. You don't go to heaven because you've been baptized in Anchor Baptist Church. You don't go to heaven because you're a member of the Anchor Baptist School. You go to heaven because you receive Christ as Savior, or you're not only going to go to hell, you're headed there now. Folks, please understand, it's not about fooling your parents, fooling the preacher, fooling your, your uh, whoever. It's about you fooling yourself. God already knows. So why, what are we doing? We're lying to ourselves. Quickest way to go to heaven is procrastinate. Just put it off. I'll be back next week. I hope so. You can't promise that. You know that's not true. You cannot promise that. If you're not saved, I beg you this morning, I beg you, not for my sake, but for your sake, for Christ's sake, Quit worrying about everybody else and everything else and look at him. He's right there on the cross in front of you. Can't you see him dying for you? Hey, young lady, bow your head. Can't you see him dying for you? Can't you see him accepting your sin and saying, I paid it all. Just let me know that you're the guilty one and I died for you. And you're going to walk out of here playing a game. Acting ignorant. I just don't believe that. You're a liar. You're a liar and you know it. You're trying to purposely cover over your own conscience and what you know is the truth. I gave you fact after fact and I could have given you more scripture until you were bored out of your head. You don't want to live for Jesus, do you? This is why you play footsies and get a songbook and, and play games and hug each other during the invitation. You don't want to get right with God. By the way, it's all being written down. God knows your heart. He knows your thoughts and intentions. You can't hide anything from him. Except when you get saved, God said, I'll cover all that up. I beg you this morning, in a moment they're going to play. If you're here this morning and you're not already at this altar asking God to save you, you ought to be running to here now. I'm not going to overly coax you. You want to get saved, run this altar and ask Jesus to save you. Hey, Daddy, quit playing. Number one, your kids will find out. Number two, you're struggling for all your worth because you know you keep saying it's not working, it's not working. Are you sure you're saved? If you're sure you're saved, why aren't you living for the Savior? Won't you come to Christ? Come to Christ, and I mean now. As they play, we stand in the building. George is